From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Hey there, Angelinos. Take a ride on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> I'm Bill Curtis, and here's your host at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, Peter Sagal. Thank you, everybody. It is great to be here in L.A. in the open air at the Greek Theater. We are enjoying the beautiful weather in Los Angeles one last time as the city gradually becomes the world's largest outdoor pizza oven. <laughs> We've got a fine show for you today. Later on, we're going to be joined by an actor who's done some interesting work recently named John Hamm. The bad news for our radio audience is, of course, you cannot see him. The good news is, his voice is even more beautiful than he is. <laughs> we know you're also easy on the ear, so give us a call. The number is one wait wait That's one 888 Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This is Corey Dickinson in New York City. New York City? Yeah. We've heard of that place. Oh, yeah, you're in L.A. Of you course, are. yeah. Do you also have culture there? Uh, well, I wouldn't know. I'm a park ranger. <laughs> you're, a, you're a park ranger? That's right. We have parks here. Somebody's got to protect the rats. Right. <laughs> so wait a minute, you, you are a park ranger in New York City? Yes. Actually, there's a lot of national parks here. I'm in uh, the biggest one. It's down in Brooklyn, along the coast, called well, Gateway. Gateway National Park, yeah. National Recreation Area. We're yeah. sensitive about that. Well, one, one usually doesn't... I mean, I'm just thinking like a national park in Brooklyn, like there's Smokey with like a hipster beard and suspenders with a vape pen, I guess. That's about right. That's about right. Uh, Corey, well, welcome to our show. Let me introduce you to our panel. First, a comedian performing in Boston at the Wilbur Theater on October 13th and the Kennedy Center in D.C. on November 16th. It's Mr. Maz Jobrani. Hello, Mr. Ranger. Next, it's the author of the New York Times bestseller, You'll Grow Out of It, and the voice of Jesse on Netflix's hit animated series, Big Mouth. The second season debuts October 5th. It's Jesse Klein. Hi. And finally, a comedian performing at the Chicago Improv in Schaumburg, October 12th to the 14th. It's Alonzo Bowden. Hello. Well, welcome to the show, Corey. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to perform for you three quotations from the week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, we win our prize. The voice from anyone on our show you might choose for your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Yeah, I am. All right. Your first quote is from a man making his case that he should be a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> I like beer. <laughs> I still like beer. Who likes beer? Um, I'm going to go with Brett Kavanaugh. Close enough. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh. On, on Thursday, Judge Kavanaugh and Dr. Christine Blase Ford testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and it was riveting. People across the country were glued to their televisions. So much so that for the first time in weeks, six hours passed without a single new person coming forward to accuse Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct. <laughs> oh. I, I think my, I mean, I had, look, I had a lot of obviously favorite moments, as did we all. I liked when Kavanaugh was asked, have you ever passed out from drinking? And he was like, no, 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 never. I mean, fallen asleep tons of times. Yeah. But passed out, how dare you? 
Yeah. I was like, mm, it's kind of the same, isn't it? He spun a lot. He spun because when they said what about like throwing up, he was like, well, I got a weak stomach, so yeah. I throw up a lot. <laughs> of course. You know when you eat like you know like breakfast, I just th- I was just throwing up all the time. Yeah. And then and then the beer thing was kind of a beer commercial for many. Right? He's like, yeah. I like beer. Don't you like beer, America? Yes. You know. <laughs> Get it, Budweiser. All right. Uh, I can't I can't speak for a Supreme Court justice, but if I would go into criminal court, I think I'd like to hear my judge say, I like beer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Be like, yeah, Your Honor, I like beer too. Beer was at the start of this crime. <laughs> he would have a very weird online dating profile. I feel like just like I love high school girls. Beer and calendars. <laughs> and I wear. And, and, I, and looking for same. And I and I like and I like to wear robes, black oh. robes. Um, I thought because if you look, as I have friends that when they drink they get rosier. You know the yeah. rosy. He was getting rosier yeah. every break. Well, that's the crazy thing. So in the morning you had Dr. <laughs> Ford, and she was remarkably composed for someone who had to describe the worst day of her life in front of like the world. And then in the afternoon comes you know, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, who's the guy who wants to be in the Supreme Court? And, and he was angry one minute, he was shouting, then he was crying, and then he was kind of petulant. I mean, seriously, it looks like someone's on the rag, you know what I mean? I honestly think if they would have kept going, I do think he was getting drunker every break, and I think pretty soon he would have answered, like, he w- they would have asked him a question and he would have burped, like, and then... <laughs> it is true, like, he asked for a break and nobody knew why, and he was like, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> All right, Corey, your next quote is from the President of these United States. (laughs) They weren't laughing at me. They were laughing with me. So who was laughing with the President this week, so he says, during a big speech? Uh, I'm pretty sure pretty much everyone in the world. That, that was, uh, what's interesting is usually when we say that the world is laughing at you, we mean it metaphorically. In this case, it was literal, so I will give you, you got the right answer, it was at the UN. The president did his annual gig at the UN, and this year he killed even more than last year's little rocket man routine. This year he opened the set with the claim that his administration had achieved more than any other in history. And as you heard, the General Assembly laughed not at him, but with him out of joy. What was great was there was a delay because people were having it translated. (laughs) (laughs) In every language, because he did it, and then there was a, and then it was like, oh, okay, he's funny. He's funny. I think, I think that's the first question in the history of wait, wait, that any answer would have been right. That's true. Yes. You're right. Any population. Corey, here's your last quote. I'm not sure WW is the right slim down message. That was somebody on Twitter commenting on what diet company's name change that was announced this week. Oh, I know this because I, uh, I'm originally from Boston. That's Dunkin' Donuts, the most important <laughs> cultural product. What's interesting is, you know, what's interesting is you're right, 
And I'm going to say, yes, ring a bell for that man, because they also changed their name. But the answer we were looking for here was Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers Weight changed Watchers. their name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. After 55 years of trying to help Americans lose weight, Weight Watchers is trying a new strategy. They are giving up. <laughs> Instead of watching our weight, they're just looking away. The first W, they say, is now for wellness. The second is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We should, we should uh, merge with them and we'd be, uh, wait, wait, don't watch me. <laughs> Do they really think that as, as obese as America has become, changing the name like do they really think someone really overweight is like well i wouldn't do weight watchers but wellness yeah i'll stop eating for that <laughs> yeah. i understand the need for a little discretion i'll i'll out myself as a as a weight watchers user i enjoy them very much but i do i'm always keep like their little app on your phone yeah. i swear i'm not paid by them but i would openly take them if they wanted to give me money after talking about them. <laughs> but i do move the little app so it's not the first one on my phone i don't right. want other people to know that I'm on it, which is why I'm telling so yes. many people on the radio. <laughs> I realize as I'm talking, I have now told everyone. Yes, well. They do a great job. Not with me, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, Corey, in a completely unrelated but similar story, this week Dunkin' Donuts announced they're dropping the word donuts from their name, presumably because they want to dunk everything they have into coffee. Locks, here you go. From now on, they'll be just Dunkin'. Uh, this is not the first time Dunkin' Donuts has changed their name. They were originally Dunking Donuts with the G. And before that, there were Dunking Donutstein, and it got changed at Ellis Island. That was good, Peter. Oh, that's funny. I like that one. Bill, how did Corey do in our quiz? Corey's got three right. He's a winner. Thank you so much, Corey. Take care. Thank you. Panel, it is time, of course, for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Alonzo, GOP Representative Paul Gosar is running for re-election in Arizona, and his opponent dropped an ad on him. It's got six people saying fervently, do not vote for Gosar, no matter what. Don't do it. Don't vote for Gosar. Who are those people? His family. Yes, they are. <laughs> six of his siblings, in fact. The ad shows these six different people, and they're talking about how terrible Representative Gosar is, and then, in a twist ending, they all reveal that they are his siblings. Uh -huh. Then for one more twist, it turns out they're dead the whole time. That's an awkward Thanksgiving. It really is. He can say that he brought his family together on something. That's true. He's he got said, that going for him. He attacked them and said they're super liberal. Yeah, well, he put out a statement and he said that his siblings betrayed their family because of their liberal ideology. And he said, quote, Stalin would be proud. <laughs> he was, of course, referring to his youngest brother, Stalin Gosar. <laughs> who, when contacted, doesn't like him either. <laughs> I think it would have been great if they would have worked their way through the siblings and at the very end the mom comes out and goes, I don't like them either. <laughs> Coming up, our panelist's job is to lie to you in our Bluff the Listener game call one triple eight wait wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. 
Capital One wants to build a better bank, one that feels and acts nothing like a typical bank, so they're reimagining banking. They offer a great savings rate and accounts with no fees or minimums that can be opened from anywhere in five minutes. That's banking reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Capital One, N-A. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. I can cry. I just talked to John Batiste, music director and band leader on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He did the interview at the piano. I can slide. You can find it now in the Fresh Air feed. Support for our Los Angeles show comes from Universal Pictures, presenting a new film, First Man, from Damien Chazelle, director of La La Land, and starring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. In theaters at IMAX, October 12th. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Alonzo Bowden, Jesse Klein, and Maz Jobrani. And here again is your host at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, California, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Katie Weller calling from Palo Alto, California. Well, nice to see you, Katie. I am such a big fan of this show. I grew up listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and I'm just so excited. Oh, this is very exciting. It's exciting for us. Did it, did it warp you in any way? Um, I mean, I hope it gave me a great sense of humor. <laughs> no, it didn't do that. <laughs> Burn. Peter, Peter's on fire uh, this uh, week. Uh, insult comic. <laughs> Don Rickles lives. I know. Well, Katie, it's great to talk to you. Welcome to our show after so many years. Uh, you, of course, are going to play our Bluff the Listener game. Your job, as I think you know, is to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Katie's topic? Now hiring. Every American strives for the humble dignity of a day at work because that is where we can avoid our families. <laughs> this week we heard about a new job opening out there somewhere in the world. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth. You'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice, doing your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I am ready. All right. Your first job opening comes from Alonzo Bowden. Are you a lousy driver? GM is looking for you. Lost your license? GM is looking for you. If you think stop signs and speed limits are only suggestions, GM is dreaming of you. How better to test their new fleet of autonomous cars than putting them head-to-head -head against truly terrible drivers? Harold Rosen, GM engineer in charge of autonomous testing, says, quote, we program the cars to avoid all dangers we can think of, but bad drivers are incredibly creative. And if we want our cars to avoid trouble, they're going to need to practice. The plan is to bring them to GM test facilities where streets have been set up to duplicate neighborhoods, Harold says. They'll have these bad drivers drive around and the autonomous cars deal with them. We've seen left turns from the right lane, U-turns in the middle of a one-way street. We had one young lady who stopped in the middle of an intersection because her phone rang and she said she's not supposed to talk and drive. <laughs> GM supplies the cars along with hotel and expense money. They are bringing drivers in from all over the country and emphasize they will provide transportation from the hotel to the facility. <laughs> GM hiring terrible drivers to test autonomous cars. Your next story of a job opportunity comes from Jesse Klein. 
In response to recent customer demands, Whole Foods has announced a new position, avocado concierge. <laughs> As your avocado concierge, you will be directly involved in ensuring avocados are ripe for our customers at all times. You will be responsible for round-the-clock monitoring of our avocado population, tracking developing information about softness, brown spots, and overall acceptability. If an avocado becomes ripe during your shift, you will alert customers over the store's PA system <laughs> and dispose of that avocado if it is not claimed within five minutes. In addition, Whole Foods VP for Produce Technology has announced their plan to create a kind of avocado amber alert system using statewide cell phone push technology. This initiative will be supported by a team of, quote, avocado hens, employees who will actually sit on top of the avocados keeping them warm in their human body heat. Qualified candidates must have a background in horticulture and at least five years of experience dealing with insufferable people. <laughs> the avocado concierge is one of a number of positions in avocado care and marketing at Whole Foods. Your last story of an open position available to a job seeker somewhere comes from Maz Jobrani. Some people complain that they have a crappy job. Too much time standing on their feet, having to deal with a mean boss, or just too little pay. But now there's a town in Idaho that gives the term crappy job a whole new meaning. The town of Nampa, Idaho is looking for volunteers to help them stave off an influx of roughly 10,000 crows, which have been flocking to the town the past three years, creating a public hazard with their droppings. That's right, they're looking for human scarecrows to stop the bird poop. Nampa Chief of Staff Robert Sanchez is calling for volunteers for different mobile teams. One team would be collecting meteorological data and counting crows. That's actually their job, to count crows. Not listen to the band counting crows, but to actually count crows. Another mobile team would be making efforts to displace the crows using noise machines and laser pointers. I'm assuming one of the noises is not caca, caca. So one of these is a real job that somebody could get, perhaps yourself, if you need a change. Was it from Alonzo? Terrible drivers being hired by GM to really test autonomous cars. From Jesse Klein, the avocado concierge position at Whole Foods. Or from Maz Jobrani, human scarecrows in Idaho. Which of these is the real story in the week's news? Uh. Wow, I mean, I kind of wish it was the avocado one because that would be really useful. It would be. <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with uh, option three about You're the You're going to go with Maz's story of the human scarecrows being hired in Idaho. Well, to bring you the correct answer, we spoke to someone who's actually involved in this job search. Migration of crows occurs here in the fall and volunteers and voice makers and handheld laser devices to displace the crows. That was Bobby Sanchez, the chief of staff of Nampa City Hall in Idaho, talking about the human scarecrows they are hiring. <laughs> Congratulations, Katie, you got it right. A lifetime of listening has paid off. You earned a point for Maz Jobrani. You've won our prize, the voice of anyone you like, on your voicemail. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I had a blast. Thank you, too. Take care.
And now the game where we ask really interesting people about things they are completely uninterested in. It's called Not My Job. So John Hamm became one of the biggest stars in Hollywood through his role as Don Draper on the show Mad Men, but there... Oh, you watched it. I thought it was kind of a niche thing. <laughs> but there were at least some people who watched that show and said, hey, isn't that my waiter? And they might have been right, because before John Hamm was a star, he was an underemployed actor waiting tables here in LA. Welcome back in glory. Thank John you. Hamm, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you for having me. What can I get you to drink? <laughs> I, I actually, I was reading this and, and my admiration for you grew because I used to be among the great aspiring people in LA for many years and that's a tough life. You lived it for a while. Yeah, I was a waiter longer than I was anything else for up until very recently. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was great. I mean, I worked at cool restaurants and had decent bosses and nobody yelled at me or threw things. I, I had a blast. I really did. Was it a, was it a, were you a good waiter? I think so. Right. I mean, yeah. I, you know. <laughs> that was a very Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, no. Yeah, but, why, why are you asking? Why? No. Pass out. I fell asleep. Do you ever go back to the places you worked when you were? Well, one of them's them? not. One of them's not open anymore. It's or it's changed uh, hands. I used to work at a place called Ciudad downtown. Um, none of you have ever been there. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Now it closed in like 2002. But now that you've said it, they're all going to claim they were there. <laughs> One of the things that I couldn't believe when we were looking through some of those early roles you got is that you ended up on the dating game. I believe it was called The Big Date. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Um, and, and what's amazing is not so much that you did that show because, you know, struggling actors do what they can, but that the woman didn't pick you. No, she did not. <laughs> Nor should she have. Really? It was, it was bad. You can see it online or you can watch the episode of Kimmy Schmidt where they weave it in as part of the uh, plot. 25-year-old uh, me <laughs> saying yes when I maybe should have said no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you got paid 250 bucks to go make an ass of yourself on uh, a dating show, and I was like, done and done. <laughs> what, 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 Who's ever going to see this? It's on USA. It's, no one's going to invent a thing where everything is saved and can be distributed globally instantaneously. That's never going to happen. This will burn into the ether, and I'll have $250. <laughs> So I, I want to talk about a, a, a fairly sensitive topic, and I'll introduce it by saying that we at Wait Wait have had our share of really impressive people. Uh, we had Leonard Nimoy once, wandering on backstage, but I have never seen our own sort of staff and colleagues freak out by anybody's presence as much as you. Knees literally began to go weak and tremble. Jeez. Oh, I it thought was, you weren't going to tell anyone, Peter. <laughs> So I, I, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, what's it like to be that handsome? God, there's literally no way to answer this question without coming off like a horrible douche. Uh, look, I don't, you know, my mom thought I was handsome. That's kind of all you really need in the world. Uh, I got, uh, it's... <laughs> oh, great. Now you're charming, too. <laughs> Come on. We don't have hair. Look at you. I'm a terrible. Uh, 
I'll ask you about something else that you are, and it was obvious, uh, which is that you're really funny. I'm told that like you like doing comedy roles. I mean, it seemed to me that you know once Mad Men came to an end, a very serious drama. You like you showed up in Kimmy Schmidt. I kept seeing you doing goofy things. Yeah. Well, I got uh, again incredibly fortunate to be asked to to host SNL the first time in 2009, I think. Yeah. For example, you guys might not have. It stands for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> but I had been a fan since I was a kid. So for me, I was literally like, oh, this is a dream come true. I can't believe I get to do this. And I knew a few of the people on the cast. Jesse, you weren't on there by I, that point. I actually, I was there. I had a very undistinguished season writing there for one season. But the week you were hosting, obviously everyone very like nervous and excited. You were there. And Tuesday night is the writing night. And all the writers stay up all night long writing. And the host, if they're very cool, stays and comes and chats with you about what you're going to write for them if you need to talk to them. But you had had a full beard on Monday night when you showed up, and then by Tuesday night you had shaved it for the show. And I was like, I want to like have like light banter with John Hampton Bond. And so I was like, oh, how was it shaving your beard? I was like, <laughs> my boyfriend, when he shaves his beard, stops in the middle of the shave and does like silly pictures of himself with like a mustache and like does a few phases in between and then I was like why did I mention my boyfriend John Hamm and also that was so stupid <laughs> what a dumb story to tell him like and then you took out your phone and showed me the pictures of your silly mustache <laughs> that you had done while you were shaving I was like oh John Hamm what a winner of a man <laughs> We broke up, by the way. Me and that boyfriend aren't together anymore. <laughs> I'm married, but we have like an arrangement. <laughs> he doesn't know yet, but we have an arrangement. Have you ever done anything wrong? Because so far on this show, <laughs> yeah. you're just nailing Charming, it. Charming, gracious, you remember everybody's name. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, John Hamm, we are delighted to talk to you, but we have, in fact, Asked you here to play a game we're calling Ham Meet Spam. <laughs> okay. It was obvious, but we're kind of lazy. John Ham, <laughs> we're going to ask you about Spam, the delicious pork product. Answer two out of three questions about that great canned meat. Win our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of their choice in their voicemail. Bill, who is John Ham playing for? Lauren Bullock of Santa Ana, California. You ready All for right. this? All right, Lauren. Right, here we go. First question. Spam has played an important role in history since its invention during the Depression. For example, Spam has been credited with which of these? A, creating the modern vegetarian movement. <laughs> B, growing the mold that became penicillin. Or C, the Russian victory over Nazi Germany in World War II. I do like the idea of, of people eating spam and being like, nope, that's it, no more meat ever. I'm done. I got it. That's it. That's a wrap on meat for me forever, if in fact that was meat. Uh, I'm, I'll say C. You're right, it was C. Oh. After the war, Nikita Khrushchev himself declared, without spam, we wouldn't have been able to feed our army. So there you go. All right, you have two more questions. There have been many different kinds of spam over the years, including which of these special spams? A, a kosher spam for the Israeli army. <laughs> B, a high-end millionaire's spam made with caviar. Or C, spam for dogs made because dogs will not eat the human version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, there seem to be a lot of confident Jews in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Very uncommon. I know. <laughs> loud, loud, loud. For some reason, yes, the idea of kosher spam, I feel like I've seen that can. You're going to choose that? Not to eat. <laughs> yes. All right, okay. You're choosing that. Choosing A. You're right, yes, kosher spam. Israeli army. It was known as loof and made from kosher beef. All right, this, you can be, I was about to say you can be perfect, but you already are. Oh my God, <laughs> So stop. you can be more perfect stop. if you get this question right. As food preferences has shifted towards more natural, unprocessed food, the Hormel company, which makes it, has had to come up with new ways of selling their canned meat with a shelf life of eternity. <laughs> So, which of these is a real slogan Hormel used to get people to keep buying spam? Was it A, because that bunker won't stock itself, <laughs> B, it's like meat with a pause button, or C, extruded means extra tasty? As a fictional advertising executive, those are all terrible. Okay. <laughs> But I'm going to go with B as the least terrible. My God, you're right. <laughs> that, was their, that was their slogan, next, like meet with a pause button. Bill, how did John Hamm do in our quiz? Three and zero. He is great. That's fantastic. <laughs> John Hamm stars in the upcoming film Bad Times at the El Royale in theaters October 12th, and you can see him on Good Omens on Amazon Prime. John Hamm, thank you so much. Thank you very much. In just a minute, Bill takes his horse for a swim in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Ancestry DNA. See what your DNA reveals about the family lore, your great-great-grandparents, and discover your family history. Ancestry DNA will map your ethnicity and provide insight into your geographic origins from more than 350 regions around the world. Learn a more complete story of you with an easy at-home Ancestry DNA kit. Visit Ancestry.com wait and get 20% off your kit. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, and on the next How I Built This, how a group of spandex-wearing teenage superheroes called the Power Rangers helped turn Haim Saban into one of the richest men on Earth. You can find How I Built This wherever you listen to podcasts. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Maz Jobrani, Alonzo Bowden, and Jesse Klein. And here again is your host at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, California, Peter Segal. Thank you, everybody. In just a minute, Bill is your rhyme or die chick in our Listener Limerick Challenge. <laughs> If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Right now, panel. Some more questions for you from this week's news. 
Maz, it's hard to do anything shocking on high fashion runways, but this week a designer at Milan Fashion Week made headlines by sending models down the runway, and each of them had what? Oh, okay. Each of them had something that was, that was shocking. Yes, something you don't normally see. On a model? On anybody. <laughs> oh. I'll give you a hint. They weren't showing cleavage, they were showing cleavages. Cleavages? Yes. Udders? I'm just going to say you got it because I don't want you to guess anymore. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep going. <laughs> Each model had three boobs. Wow. The, yeah. Uh, which is really good news for triplets. Um, an Italian fashion brand started by two brothers made a powerful statement about women last week on the catwalk. That statement, you should have more boobs. <laughs> two models in their spring-summer line were sent down the runway with an extra prosthetic breast. Oh. Yeah. I thought you remained real. No. That's why I was going with the, the other thing. So they had, you know, these women with these sort of middle prosthetic breasts, and they had special clothing designed for that, and they all walked down with that sort of, you know, amazing, you know, stern, emotionless model face and a litter of puppies. <laughs> this, we've, it's insane. We have talked for years about the unrealistic body image in fashion, and somebody was like, maybe not unrealistic enough. I can see where... Where, Jesse, I have to speak to you as a woman. Where, Thank you. Where Thank you for seeing me. You, you women just have to get tired of men. At, at what point do you, do you like, well, how can we go lower? I know, let's make a three-boobed woman. Like, there's, yeah. there's just anything that, that will do. And it, and it worked. Like, nobody stopped them. No. Yeah. Nobody was like, this isn't right. No. I'm picturing that there was probably, like, a female intern who tried to say it wasn't a great idea and then someone mansplained to her why it was the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> I don't know. Two already no. feels like a lot. Yeah, no. Jesse, I said this backstage and it's absolutely true. This week, better to be black than a woman. <laughs> Jesse, a number of users of iPhones with facial recognition unlock say the technology doesn't work when they do what? Is this so obvious? Sort of, kind of, if you think about when you don't look your best. In the morning? Yes, when oh. you wake up. It's hard for me to know because I wait, you know, hashtag yeah, I flawless. So what's you know? apparently <laughs> happening is, uh, is people are waking up and they're grabbing their phones like we all do the minute you wake up and they look at their phones to unlock it and the phone goes, oh my God, how did I go home with that person? <laughs> that is such a bummer. Yeah, that's what's happening because uh, it, it, apparently the facial ID does not recognize you when your hair's messed up, bedhead, or your face is puffy and your breath smells and, <laughs> and the iPhone won't unlock. It's like those jello shots make you look bad and make my screen sticky, so stop. <laughs> or like you pick up the phone and it unlocks and it says, yeah, I was dreaming I was John Hamm's phone. <laughs> Do you, think, do you think his phone just shuts off periodically so he has to look at it again? <laughs> it does. Uh, what a pain he is. Yeah. <laughs> instead of you asking, you know, instead of, hey, Siri, it's like, hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Coming up, it's lightning, fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one wait wait That's one 8924 Or you can click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows. Back at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, our big 20th anniversary show at the Chicago Theater on October 25th. And our show in Orlando, Florida on November 15th. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, hello. Hi, who's this? Hi, my name is Ernesto. Hey, Ernesto, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Chandler, Arizona. Chandler, Arizona. Okay, that's like near Phoenix, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's uh, one of the boring suburbs. Boring suburbs? What do you do there? I mean, great suburb. What do you do there? In Chandler, I just sit around. In Phoenix, where I work, I actually teach um, university uh, freshmen. I teach them composition. Wait a minute. So you have one place (laughs) where you don't do anything. And then you go to another place, and you work. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, it is. It's so strange. I have to away about, you know, 40 minutes, and then I teach a bunch of 18-year-olds about writing. Right. And then I come home, and I work, or I just hang out, and there's a bunch of six-year-olds. Right. Do, do, the, do the people of the different places know about the other people you're seeing? <laughs> Not typically. That's kind of how Arizona works. Yeah, <laughs> Well, welcome to our show, Ernesto. Bill Curtis is going to now read for you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks, you will be a winner. You ready to play? Yes. All right. Here is your first limerick. At the science fair, children complaino. Too much soda or acids, no bueno. (laughs) One pebbly construction had shrapnel eruptions were hurt by a homemade Ooh, um, <laughs> volcano. Yes, oh, volcano. volcano. Yes. The baking soda and vinegar volcano is the classic. Oh, the science fair is tomorrow. <laughs> experiment, and usually the resulting explosion is kind of lame. But this week, one smart kid in India took the original project to the next level by filling it with rocks and tile scraps, creating a perfect, scientifically accurate explosion. It was so successful. And this is true. 59 people were injured. That's almost as many as Pompeii. But they're all fine. They're all fine. The student is now looking forward to leveling a whole city block with a potato-powered clock. Here is your next limerick. Millennials are fun to disparage. Phones and selfies are all that they cherish. And what's par for the course? They have ruined divorce. Because millennials hang on to their... Marriage. Marriage, yes. Very good, Ernesto. According to a study of millennials by the University of Maryland, marriage is in, divorce is lame. (laughs) Those crazy kids. Millennials are staying married longer than the previous generation, and and it's not just because you can never argue if you're always staring silently at your phones. It's true. It's absolutely true. Is it because they shared a student debt and they just figure we can't get out of this? Well, a- just... apparently the real reason is that millennials don't seem feel the same pressure to get married early. So it's mu- they're much older when they finally desperately settle for Mr. OK. <laughs> you got to get out of your prime tender years. Yes, exactly. Here is your last limerick. Red Dead 2 has superior linkage. Also, beard growth and real unwashed stinkage. The designers have guts. 
They're a little bit nuts. The cold makes the horses have... Shrinkage. Shrinkage, yes! Yes! The new Western-themed video game Red Dead Redemption 2 has such realistic gameplay that even the horses go through, and I quote, realistic shrinkage when they get cold. We can assume this is in response to critiques of Red Dead Redemption 1. Great game, super fun. But was anyone totally distracted by the completely unrealistic shrinkage when the horses forged the river? That was really, took me right out of the game. So they have actually designed the graphics so that when the horses go in the river and get cold, you can tell. I feel like this level of attention would better serve bigger problems. You think so? Well, actually, now they're smaller. Peter, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> Bill, how did Ernesto do in our quiz? Ernesto got all three very hard limericks. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ernesto. Thank you. Thank you very much. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Trader Joe's, where you never have to wait for delicious foods and beverages from around the world. Speaking of waiting, you don't have to wait any longer for more episodes of Trader Joe's original podcast series, Inside Trader Joe's. You'll find new episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. More at TraderJoe's.com and at Trader Joe's on Instagram and Pinterest. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill in the Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Alonzo and Maz each have two. <laughs> Jesse has three. Oh, my gosh. Jesse ahead. So we have flipped a coin. Maz has elected to go first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. During a press conference on Wednesday, President Trump accused Blank of trying to swing the midterms against him. China. Right. On Tuesday, an EU official warned that talks with Britain over blank were leading to a no-deal proposition. Brexit. Right. This week, a court in Seattle agreed to clear past convictions for blank possession. Marijuana. Right. On Tuesday, comedian blank was sentenced to three to ten years for sexual assault. Bill Cosby. This week, two teens broke into a pot dispensary in Colorado and made off with blank. Pot. No. <laughs> they made off with all the oregano the dispensary uses for their displays. Uh. <laughs> Guess they're having pizza. Amazon announced Tuesday that their upcoming NFL broadcast would feature the first blank commentary team. Female. Yes, all women. This week, a plane in India landed safely despite the fact that a man blanked while looking for a bathroom. Uh, ooh, I mean, he was looking for a bathroom. He fell? Lightning, Maz. Lightning. What did he do? Oh, he, <laughs> he, fe he fell. He flipped. He, no, he, he tried to open the emergency exit. Oh, no. Oh, yes. He had never been on a plane before. He was wandering the aisle looking for the bathroom. He came to the emergency exit and tried to open it. To The flight attendants realized he was kind of lost. They told him where the bathrooms were. They sent him forward, and he was able. He did his business. He's fine. He said it was pretty weird that the bathroom had all those instruments and panels in it, and two guys screaming, what are you doing here? <laughs> But would have been more amazing if he opened that door and actually peed out the door. While was, that would have been. Could you bank the bank the plan a little bit to the right just for a second? Bill, how did Maz do in our quiz? Welcome back, Maz. You got five right, ten more points, twelve total. You're in the lead. Congratulations! Right. Yeah. Thank you. 
All right, Alonzo, you're up next. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, the House approved a spending bill aimed at avoiding a blank. Shut down. Right. During a speech at the UN, the president of blank said the U.S. was isolating itself from the world. Germany? No, Iran in this case. On Thursday, the SEC filed a suit against Tesla owner Blank for misleading investors. Elon Musk. Right. For the third time in 2018, the Federal Reserve raised Blank. Interest rates. Right. At the 2018 Tour Championship on Sunday, golfer Blank claimed his first win in five years. Tiger Woods. This week, the founders of popular photo-sharing app Blank left the company to pursue future projects. Uh, Instagram? Instagram. Senator seniors in New Zealand who are tired of book clubs are encouraged to join a new organization that teaches elderly people how to blank. Uh, use their phone? No. They teach the elderly citizens how to build their own coffin. <laughs> the club got started when a seniors group in New Zealand was searching for new activities and one of the members said, I'd like to build my own coffin. From there, the so-called Coffin Club was born, inspiring other clubs around the globe and even its own movie. The club's leaders say that members will make new friends, learn woodworking skills, and enjoy the pleasure of saying, there it is, the final nail in my coffin. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, in, in Fight Club, don't they say what happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club? Yeah. What happens in Coffin oh. Club stays in Coffin Pretty Club. Pretty much. <laughs> Forever. No, it's who happens in Coffin Club stays yeah. in Coffin Club. <laughs> So, Bill, how did Alonzo do in our quiz? Five right, ten more points, total of 12. If that sounds familiar, you're tied. All right, so how many then does Jesse need to break the time win? Five to win. Here we oh go, boy. Jesse. Uh -oh. You got it. This is for the game. Here we go, Jesse. This is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, President Trump said he would prefer to keep Deputy Attorney General Blank on the job. Uh, Rosenstein. Right. New research released on Monday found that Blank's popular weed killer was harmful to honeybees. No idea. Monsanto, roundup. Following several high-profile clashes with the mayor of San Juan, Trump said that he opposes statehood for Blank. Puerto Rico. Right. This week, a class action lawsuit was filed against Blank for conspiring to increase the cost of event tickets. Ticketmaster. Yes. On Monday, a federal judge reinstated protections for the Blanks living in Yellowstone Park. Uh, the bears. The grizzly bears. On Thursday, the Surgeon General urged Americans to get blanks within the next month. Flu shots. Flu shots. <laughs> this week, a Chick-fil-A in Florida gave a customer free meals for life to celebrate blank. Being in, uh, for the birthday, for driving in a car with no driver. No, they gave him free meals for life to celebrate the man's 100th birthday. Oh, of course. <laughs> Stephen Bellissimo has been a regular at the Oldsmar Florida Chick-fil-A for almost 20 years. When the manager found out he would be turning 100, they knew just the gift to get him. Uh, they threw a celebration. They gave him a certificate offering him free Chick-fil-A for life. Bellissimo, Bellissimo says he's thrilled. He'll be coming in for fried chicken every day which ironically means he'll stop getting free food much quicker. <laughs> Bill, did Jesse do well enough to win? Jesse needed five, and she got five! Thank you! Yes! In just a minute, we're gonna ask our panelists, now that Dunkin' Donuts and Weight Watchers have changed their names, what will be the next company to change it, and why? But first, we'd like to say a very special thanks to our 20th anniversary live event sponsor, Wix, and we'd also like to tell you, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Gotika writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our interns are Catherine Coates and Zoe Lowenberg. Our web guru is Beth Novi. Special thanks to the staff and crew at the Greek Theater. 
Theater. BJ Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager, that's Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Mike Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next company to change their name and why? Maz Jobronic. Honda will make self-driving cars that require its drivers to have zero IQ and change their name from Honda to just duh. Jesse Klein. Well, if I made anything related to beer or calendars, I'd change the name of all my products to consent so Brett Kavanaugh would stay away. Amazon is simply changing their name to God. <laughs> well, if any of that happens, we're going to ask you about it right here on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to the Master Bonnie, Jesse Klein, Alonzo Bowden. Thanks to our fabulous audience here at the beautiful and historic Greek Theater of Griffith Park. Thanks to everyone at in Southern California Public Radio. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sago, and we will see you next week. This is NPR.